everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Life Loading Podcast, Season 2, Episode 16. I'm your co-host, Sky, And I'm your co-host, Susan. How are you today, Sky? I'm good. It's so good to be back. We had so many technical and <laughs> environmental difficulties last week. Yeah. Just really, we really tried. We recorded half of an episode and then literally got cut out and so many various things that happened that like the, the universe did not want an episode out last week and we had no choice but to listen. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to be back. I This is very exciting. I've been kind of trying to do a no dairy diet the past couple of weeks. And I finally found an oat milk that tastes good. I had been suffering through bad coffee because I was just not liking the oh. oat milk and I didn't know what else to do. But we finally found one. It's literally like oat barista. So it's meant to be had with coffee. So I oh. just tried it like right before we recorded. I made an oat milk latte and it's like, yes, I finally, I have good coffee again. So I'm feeling very happy. How are you? I'm good. We had a good weekend. We we specifically didn't make plans. Um, and then just as things came up, we either said yes or no as at our leisure. And it was great. It was actually like restful. Like we still got to do things. We socialized. We did a lot around the house, but it didn't feel like we were pressured or rushed, which was really nice. And, oh, I didn't even tell you this. We booked our first vacation. <gasps> oh Chris and I have goodness. never actually, yeah, Chris and I have never actually taken a vacation together we like we did go to Florida for Thanksgiving but it was like his entire family and it was more stress inducing than anything so I'm very excited to go on a mini vacation in the middle of March very good are you gonna say where it is or do I have to wait and find out when we're not recording oh yeah also we're going to North Carolina we're gonna go see my sister and her family so we're very and March in North Carolina I've never been but I have to assume that the weather is going to be better than it's pretty warm in March (laughs) there will be sunshine and no snow which is all I want and they have so we've talked about like loosely moving to North Carolina a handful of times it's come up um one of the reasons is Chris knows that if he's going to rip me out of my state that I genuinely love like where we live I do love Mm -hmm. the opportunities just for the activities that we do um but I was like if I'm leaving here, I need to go somewhere where there are people that I like. So like North Carolina, she, my sister's the only one that moved far away. Um, so that's where we had always talked about. And, um, and they have this sausage place in the town that they live in that makes their homemade, like homemade sausages. You can't get it anywhere else. And Nicole wow. will mail them to me for my birthday and like special holidays because they're so good. So I'm just very excited to get yeah. my big kahuna sausage when I get there. That's so, oh, I'm so excited for you guys. Cause I remember obviously so many different things came up and like buying a house was definitely a good reason to not go on vacation. So yes. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> you guys finally get to do that, especially before the baby comes too. I feel like that's very important to have like time. Yeah. And I think, so the way it worked out, we end up getting like a huge chunk off. We only have to take five days of work off, but I think we get like nine or 11 days total. So I think we'll probably go down, probably stay in a hotel, like maybe explore Boston a little bit before we fly out yeah. and then come home. And we'll get a whole day at home before we have to go to work the following day. So that's, that's really nice. Too. I hate like it's happened. Like if travel gets messed up because of flights, whatever, and you end up having to like go back to work or back to school the day after, like right after travel, it's so hard to get back on track. So I love it. So smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So So, last week, we tried (laughs) to record an episode talking about all of our favorite books of 2023. And I think I had 
eight or nine. I don't even know how many you had. And I don't think so, we want to go it. <laughs> we had a lot. We got through like six of them. And like I said, then the episode cut out, whatever. So now that we are just about at the end of February, we thought it would be, sorry, end of January going into <laughs> February. We thought it would be cool to just shorten our book lists. And I posted mine a couple weeks ago, but I can post it again this week. And maybe you post yours again too. And then yeah. if you liked the recs we had, you can see the rest of our recs and it'll be great like books to read for the rest of this year, obviously. And then we'll talk about, I don't know, let's recap January. And like now we're almost one twelfth of the way through the year, which is crazy. So we can see how we're doing with our habits and our goals and all of it. So I think let's start with books. Yes. Okay. So I'm not going to give like, if this book interests you, go look up the synopsis of it because I don't want to have to read off of anything. But my number one book for Quentin's description. Exactly. Was Things We Left Behind, which I think is probably on your list. I tried to pick books that I knew weren't on your list, but that one I had to, because I think it was my favorite book of 2023. I just loved the enemies to friend to lover like trope Mm -hmm. and the way that those two characters incessantly made fun of each other. I just saw Chris. Like that is how Chris and I communicate. So I just, that book has a special place in my heart. And that was the third book of the Knockmount. Knockmount? Yes. Knockermount. Knockermount, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, it actually wasn't on my favorites list, but I did give it a five-star rating. So I did really enjoy all three of those books. And I agree, the final one was the best. I almost wonder if we liked the final one the best because you took all that time in book one and two knowing that it was going to be their story and book yeah. like we just have to wait for it. Um, it. That was probably one of the reasons, but I agree. It was a good... We both read it late summer, early fall. So I think it was a good, like, quick read, even though they are large books. It's a quick read. It's a fun romance. Yeah. It's spicy. It's, yeah. So I would I would recommend. It's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a Kindle, just pick it up and just read yeah. it. It was so good. Okay, what was on yours? So this is, sounds so repetitive because we already did part of this episode. <laughs> um, Mad Honey, I think, probably yeah. takes the number one spot, um, which I remember talking about Mad Honey during one episode last year, because I read it in January of last year. It was one of the first books I read of the year, and it, like, totally got me, like, in the reading grind. It's a Jodi Picoult, Pico book written with another author, and the book is written in two perspectives. You have the, it's small town New Hampshire, which I love. We both loved that that was the setting, and you have the perspective of this mom who's a beekeeper, which is where the Mad Honey title name kind of comes into play, and then the other perspective is of a teenage girl, And so one writer is writing from the mother's perspective and one is writing from the teenage girl's perspective. And so that I like, I I think I do really well with books that have different perspectives that switch back and forth. I think it keeps it very engaging. Um, And the book follows a murder trial, I guess, is kind of the best way to say it. Um, There is a huge twist. There's a bunch of little twists, um, but there is like a big one that totally is like, you don't see it coming. Even like I knew someone had told me like, there's a twist. So I was like, okay, like I'm waiting for it. You have no idea what's coming. Um, And I was like that. I love Jodi Pico. I don't, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. I love her as an author. I've read a lot of her books. She is, uh, she just, she's one of those writers that knows how to keep you engaged. And yeah, I, I loved that book. It was a perfect way to start the year. So we both loved that one. Absolutely. Yeah. That one was really good. 
My next one was Never Lie by Frida McFadden. I read 11 Frida books last year, and this one had to be my favorite. I don't, it was just so eerie, and it had me like gripping the book. Well, my Kindle, page after page. It was just so good. Never Lie was on my list too. And I I was trying to narrow it down to five for this podcast, and I couldn't do five. I couldn't get it down. (laughs) But I finally, I decided I wouldn't even pick. A Frida book. I just wrote down Frida, but I yeah. never lie. That was definitely my favorite of all the ones I read of hers. And like, yeah, nothing on that, you know, everybody knows we're obsessed with Frida, but that is like, I, if you haven't read any Frida, we would both recommend to start with that one. Cause it's so fun. Yeah. That one's really good. Um, I, another, I couldn't, another author that I read a lot of and couldn't pick one specifically, I just wrote down Elin Hildebrand because I read quite a few of her books. I know we both did, especially. She is such a perfect summer author. She writes yes. based on Nantucket. I've never been to Nantucket, and I feel like I have after reading so many of her books. Um, so yeah, Ellen El- Elin Hildebrand, she writes so many good beach reads. And they're, I liked um, the Hotel Nantucket. If you're looking for one that's like a little bit more, like if you like thrillers and stuff, I would start with the Hotel Nantucket because there's a ghost element, which I know we both really enjoyed. Um, but the Five Star Weekend, like she has so many good books. But yeah, another author that um, definitely took a highlight on my book list for the year. Yeah, the Hotel Nantucket was number five for me. Perfect. That one I loved. And it was, it's, I can't read her work right now because it's literally, there's a foot of snow outside. However, I'm like ready. Like this baby comes out and I will be reading to her, yes. her books because we're the first book she's going to hear is the five-star weekend because I'm so excited for that. Or five-star vacation. It's five-star weekend. Yeah. I think it's funny that you say you won't read Elon or like beach reads right now. And I, I do feel the same way, but I opened Goodreads today and you know how Goodreads, when you open the app, it always shows a little quote. The quote yes. today was, um, reading is the cheapest vacation you'll ever take. Which is so cute because it's true. That is cute. Really dive in. So I think, I mean, fe- mid February hits and you're just like freezing and cold and wishing for <laughs> summer. I would dive into an Elon Hildebrand and you could totally. See, I can't. I have to read with the seasons. Like, and it goes against every grain of my being because I read during spooky season this year, I read a lot of scary books. And then once it was Christmas time, I was like, no, I need to put these away. Also, I was having nightmares about witches, but like, that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, cause I was looking through my Goodreads last night cause I was like, okay, like, what do I want to read next? I just finished my book and I had a bunch in my want to read column, but they were all like spooky season. I'm like, this just feels wrong. Like, I feel like a sinner right now. I can't read those. I agree. And I, <laughs> I think I, I like reading our like horror thriller books throughout the year, but there's something about specifically the vampire witch trope books. Those are for like. September, October ish time. Yes. But August. You can start in August. Yes. Because that's like we start craving like pumpkin, but before that, it just feels like you wouldn't watch a Christmas movie in September. No. So yeah, these things have they have their place. There are so many books in the world. You have to put a time and a place for each of them. Yeah. It has to be appropriate. Yes. Um, my next book was Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney. I think that's how you say her last name. I read a couple of her books and they were really good. They like had different twists and I really, that Sometimes I Lie was better than Rock, Paper, Scissors, but they were both very, very good. And I, if I had to, this one to me, you have, right? you've recommended that book to me, I think. 
I think so. Yeah. I read it in like a day, maybe okay. two days. It was one that I ate up and left no crumbs. All right. I, I wrote it down. I, I think it's on my like want to read list, but now that you've like specifically said it out loud. And I think it's on, I think it's on Kindle Unlimited. It was when I was going through books like super fast. So it, there's no way I paid for that. Yep. Okay. That's good. Oh, that'll, you, I keep saying to you, I feel like in the last two days, I'm like, that's my next book. That's my next book. So <laughs> maybe they'll just go fast. Um, I have, oh, it's so hard to pick like, what are the, like the top, top favorites, but tomorrow Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow was another one that like really has stuck with me. So I think it deserves to be on the top five. It's it's a book I never would have picked if I didn't have like if I found this influencer who reads a lot of the similar books that we do. And she was like, I've never would have picked up a book, but someone recommended it and I loved it. And it's so not what I usually read, which is totally the same case for me. And you read this one, too, right? I have not. It's on my list for this okay, year. Okay, I thought you had. Um, oh, it was my mom that I kind of gave the same recommendation. Yeah, yeah. You'll like it. And she loved it. Um, but it's different. It's like starts with a lot of um, the setting being in Boston, which I liked, and at Harvard. I think it was Harvard. Um, but it follows like three best friends and their like life of creating this video game together and kind of how it follows them into adulthood. And it's just such a like such a tender story of friendship and love and so many different themes. And it's just one of those books where you like fall so deeply in love with the characters, which those are always my favorite stories when you can like, cause I've read books and I remember ranting about one of them on this podcast where I hated the main character so much that I despised the book, but this one quite the opposite. It's just, yeah, it's just the, the it's, there are some really sad parts, but it's always counteracted with like, it's just a warm hug. So it's, it's a sweet story. I love that. Yeah, that one has been, I saw that one. It was a hardcover book mm-hmm. in Walmart, I think. I was like waiting for Chris, I think. And I was reading just through the books and I had picked that one up and I, I almost bought it. And I'm like, no, I would enjoy this better on my Kindle yep. because then I can read it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put it down and I, I need to pick yeah. that one up. My last one, which was actually number four, was A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham, which was phenomenal. I ate ate that one up, too. I think I read it in two days, and I read it on the treadmill while I was running. And I think that was, like, the most appropriate way to read that book because it just was so fast-paced, had you, like, needing more. I think I ran five miles each day that I was reading because I I literally... I didn't want to get off. I didn't want the book, but I didn't want to stop reading in the morning. So that one was excellent. Definitely check the trigger warnings on that one. I think if I'm remembering it right. Um, but that one was amazing. Another thriller. Yeah. I love reading thrillers. Like when you're exercising, which I love that we've started that it is, I actually, I'm not going to the gym right now. Cause I don't have a gym membership. And that is, I probably miss reading on the treadmill most about not having a gym membership because yeah. You read so much. I think you walk or run faster because you want to, like, I feel like I read mm-hmm. faster on the treadmill because I'm, like, in my mind's in that, like, go-go yeah. mode. But, yeah, it's such a such a habit-stacking hack. And, yeah, that's so fun. I convinced my friend Lauren to get a Kindle. Like, there was one day that over the summer that we were in her pool, and I literally gave her, like, a 45-minute pitch on <laughs> why she did a Kindle paper white why she needed to ditch paperback books because this was so much better. And so she got one for Christmas. She was very excited. And she sends me a picture every day. She's like, oh, look, I'm on the treadmill just like you reading the book. And I'm like, isn't it the best feeling? She's like, it really is. 
I never would have become a Kindle girly if it wasn't for moving abroad and just not having the like mm-hmm. simple luxury of being able to easily buy books. Like I remember we were actually in a bookstore a couple of weeks ago and I found English books and like the joy of not even buying them, but the joy of just being able to like be in a bookstore and like browse mm-hmm. books you can actually understand. You don't realize what a luxury that is. So right. you love paper books, but moving abroad, it's so easy just when you finish a book, it's like, okay, the new one is already downloaded and it's done. And there is yeah. no matter where you are, that simplicity is, you can't really beat it. And it is so easy to like throw your Kindle in your back pocket, throw it in your bag and read literally anywhere. Like literally these sweatpants that I have, the pocket is big enough for my Kindle. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And it's so convenient. Like you cannot beat the convenience. And I think I read faster on a Kindle. I think so too. And I think it has to do with being able to see either how much time is left in your book or what percentage you're at. It feels like a video game. You're invested in it. Um, And the you're talking about the convenience of it to not need a light to read Mm -hmm. and to not have to hold something heavy. I know that this sounds so ridiculous because a book does not weigh that much, but to have something that is lighter than your phone is just so nice. And the fact that I can read in bed while Chris falls asleep in the dark is amazing. Like, it's, what better way to fall asleep? And even I know, like, I'll usually read, like, sitting, not upright necessarily, but, like, the book will be in my two hands or one hand in front of me. But if you get kind of tired, you're like, oh, I don't want to go to bed yet. The Kindle, you can turn on your side and, like, yeah. um, lay down on your pillow and still just tap the button to keep going. So if yeah. you have it, if you are anti-Kindle, wait for Prime Day whenever the next one is and just grab one because they do get so cheap, especially you don't need... I have heard more people complain about the Kindle Oasis than anything else. I think the Paperwhite is like by far I love my the right choice. And so wait for wait for Prime Day, let it go on sale, grab a Kindle and just let your life change. Honestly, like it sounds dramatic, but look at... I never would have started reading this much if it weren't for the Kindle. 1000% and you're the one who got me like I had my Kindle and it was just collecting dust mm-hmm. and you're like no like just try it and I was like oh, okay and then this summer reading on my porch with my Kindle it became yes. my main character trait at this point we are such paper girls like paper yes. planner, paper notebooks like and I think the fact that you and I are Kindle people seems so shocking. So if you are like, no, I have to handwrite and I have to do this, like just give it a try. Cause it is, I think it's, it's, it's worth it. It's worth trying. It is. Which speaking of reading, reading was my number two most performed habit of January. Wow. Oh, I love that you can track that. Yeah. So I actually broke it down and I use a tracker that I got off of Etsy Um, But it breaks it down into percentages. So for week one of January, I achieved 77% of my habits. For week two, 74%. Week three, 88%. And week four, 85%. So I I did trend. I think I went up and I'm very excited. I changed my, for my February goals, I changed them up a bit, but we're not there yet. So I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So my top three habits that I performed the most were cleaning, reading, and gratitude. Which was like, cleaning was my New Year's resolution. And the fact that now I'm just in a habit of cleaning the kitchen, cleaning the living room, and doing my laundry every day, not washing my laundry, but just picking it up has been amazing. I love that. Are you feeling, I have an answer for myself, but I want to hear your feedback too. Are you feeling with the habits at this point, like it's still a force every day to say like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do this. Or are you getting into a point where it's 
not muscle memory necessarily, but it's just one of those things that you do. And it feels less like a force where when you're first starting out a habit, it is absolutely something you have to force yourself to do. But are you feeling the, like the, it's kind of becoming part of your, like, just. Yeah. Almost the first two, I think you can even tell by the numbers. The first two weeks were definitely the hardest. And I think week two was my lowest scoring. I felt the fatigue of like starting something new. Like you're tired. You don't want to do it. You don't like it. And that's either where you push through or you break. And I pushed through. And then week three, I was the highest scoring. And I think there's some of them, like I can tell you exactly what percentage of that is like what's bringing it down. And it's posting content because Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I think probably because my full-time job is now content creation. I think when it comes to like DLL and personal stuff, I'm just spent by the end of the day. I just don't have many juices left. Um, But I definitely, so those are, I moved those. I'm trying this out for February. I moved those to the very top. So like, I'm not going to want to start my day with not clicking the top two buttons. So I'm going to see if hopefully that helps make an impact. And then I changed, I shifted my goals. So the, for cleaning, I had like four separate goals for January. Um, It was like, clean kitchen, clean living room, cleaning checklist, because I'm using that app tidy, and then laundry. And I combined them to cleaning checklist because realistically, tidy wraps up everything that I want anyways. And the just daily cleaning of the living room and kitchen is second nature now I do it maybe twice or three times a day. Um, So I don't think I need a specific box for that. Um, And then laundry still gets its own because I think that will need a priority in my life, especially with a newborn for the next year, at least. So that will, and laundry just sucks. So I deserve to check a little box if I consciously do it. I completely agree. And mine is not digital. So I'm kind of having to look at the paper habit tracker and kind of see, but I can see my first week was insanely consistent. And I think there's something about like the first of the year, especially when you're getting into a habit tracker and you're excited about it, it's it's exciting and it's new. So it makes you want to do it. And then my second week too is pretty light because you forget that you have these new habits you're trying and you drop mm-hmm. off. And then third week, it was like, no, we're back on track. And not that I fell off track, but I, I'm with you that it was definitely the lowest one. But we've talked a lot about how a habit is formed in 21 days. So it's kind of interesting to see like day one through 21, how it progressed up to then really becoming kind of a habit that you do not without thinking, but it's just something that is part of your routine. And I definitely experienced that. But yeah, it is. I'm kind of going to be doing the same thing in February too, like simplifying because I think I'm at a point where Mm -hmm. I can, but I don't think I could have started off with saying like, I have a few different DLL things on my habit tracker, but I think now for the next month, it's almost repetitive that I'm like, oh yeah, check, check. Like you realize what works for you and what doesn't. And I'm realizing I can just put like DLL as a theme, as a category on my habit tracker. And I can just check that because it really just has to work for you. And I think at first I was like, oh, I need to put post for DLL and do this for DLL. But it's like, I know how my brain works and you try it for one month and then you adjust. And like I had save on mine, which how am I supposed to like mark that I'm saving every single day? Like it was just like kind of letting me yeah. down more than anything else. Cause, and Nick was like, well, if you don't spend money, that is technically saving. And I was like, true. But so I am going to adjust that one going into the next month just so it's working for me. But I think that's the whole point of it. Like the meditation thing, didn't know if that was going to stick totally did. So that's, you know, like you, you tried out and if there's something you want to try to start doing, 
throw it on your habit tracker, see if it sticks. And if it doesn't adjust it, like you don't have to say like, oh, I give mm-hmm. up, like, adjust it to something that will work. So yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited to see how we progress into the next month as like we really get into the system of using these consistently. Yeah, well, we'll check in at the end of next month and see where we're at then. Love it. Favorites? Favorites? Yes. <laughs> you go first. Um, this was my favorite from last week and I couldn't, usually if I have a favorite, it's like, I can, it's obvious, but some weeks I don't have like the obvious favorite, but this was last week's and I think it's still relevant is my mini printer that we got like maybe two weeks ago now. Um, I don't even remember. It might be Kodak. I don't remember the brand, but it's basically we have an app and the app allows you to connect via Bluetooth to this little printer. That's literally the size of my phone. It's tiny. Um, and it prints any photos and then it's on sticker paper, sticker film paper, and then I can stick them in my journal. And it's the coolest thing because I love the idea of a Polaroid camera, but like Mm -hmm. yesterday when we were hiking, I don't want to bring my Polaroid just so I get like a cool photo that I can throw in my journal. But this, I can go in and pick one of the 60 photos I took from the day and grab the exact one I want. I could even edit it to make it look more like a Polaroid. I could put a sticker on it, a border, whatever. And then it prints it out for me onto sticker paper and I just throw it right in. So I'm having so much fun with it. And I think it's like making both of us want to take more photos because we know, not that you don't have something to do with photos anytime, but I think it's a new thing to do with photos. And then it's also helping me journal more and get out of my comfort zone with journaling and allow myself to like do more creative journaling and not just like, here's what I did today. You know, it's, you can scrapbook with it and it's been so fun. So I'm, I'm, I much that. That. I re- I'm asking for one for my birthday. Cause I, I really think you should. Yeah. Especially Very with fun. the baby and like, imagine you could <laughs> do like a bump update like once a month or once a week and have it yeah. in the journal. Like it's, I think it's such a sweet, we, we get so attached to like digital photos now which obviously makes sense and it is so easy but I think there's something sweet about like looking back at a journal and being like oh yeah that was this day and just having it yeah your writing of what you did that day and yeah I think it's I think it's cool that's I really like that my favorite for this week is cooking because I finally like enjoy food again which was the longest four months of disliking food Um, so I made French onion soup yesterday for the first time. It took 10 hours and it was so good. Like Chris was like, this literally tastes like what you get at a restaurant. Like we were like, no, this came out really good. So it was fun to try new recipes and just getting back into the swing of things. I loved the little ramekins, mugs, whatever. crock. Oh my God. Cause it, when you sent me the photo, it's like, this literally looks like a restaurant. It looked so perfect. And the cheese was so perfectly crispy oh, on top. And yeah. oh, they looked, it makes me want to go and make French onion soup, which I don't think I've ever made. So surprisingly easy. Like I didn't realize onions, how easy. Right. Like onion yeah. beef broth and then bread and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then your spices. And this yeah. one was, it had like a three fourths of a cup of white wine. Okay, I think that makes sense to deglaze. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Could you, is that a dumb question? Can you have wine in cooking? Yeah, because most of it evaporates. Okay. And I guess, and it was like three fourths of a cup for an entire crock pot. Oh, okay. So it's like the yeah. percentage you're getting is very low. But like some people, I am not a doctor, do not come for me in the comments. 
some people do say that you can have a glass of wine or whatever when you're pregnant. Yeah. I've not tested that theory, but I've definitely seen that as well. Yeah. I mean, people eat sushi, people eat deli meat when they tell you you're not supposed to. It's your body, do what you want. Obviously, hopefully make good choices. That's right for you and your baby, but yeah, every I'm I mean, not gonna be different. Everybody's gonna have their vibe yeah. and then it, it continues yeah, there's in the a lot of opinions out there. Do something different with their kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, my quote mantra, this was from Think and Grow Rich, which I finished a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. That was like the best way to describe it is it's dense. It is a dense book. Yes. But it I expected that to be a very heavy, like financial book, which it is, but it's very heavy on like the power of manifestation and the power yeah. of positive thinking, which I should have expected it coming from a recommendation from you. But in my head, it was like, oh, finance book, like I'll get through this. But I really enjoyed a lot of like the theories that he brought up. Um, so this kind of comes from it. I don't know if it's an exact quote, but it's what I took away is faith or desire plus faith plus persistence is an untouchable formula, which is, yeah. And I love like, if you have a strong enough desire and you have the faith of like believing that you can do it and then the bullheaded persistence, like you cannot be stopped with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is obviously what the book was talking about, but that goes for literally anything in life. Yeah. No, I really like that. I need to pick that one up too. I haven't read that one in probably two years. Yeah. Give it a My quote, yeah, absolutely. My quote was, what you pay attention to will define for you what reality is. And that is from 4,000 Weeks. This, I'm in the chapter about procrastination, which is just phenomenal. It really makes you understand like, or it makes you question yourself on like, why am I putting off this really important thing? Um, And then why procrastination is so relevant in our lives. And it's because we procrastinate stuff we really want to do because we're afraid we might fail or because we understand we will not achieve everything we want to because our lives are so short. Like there's just sim- a simple fact. Um, and so that I've really been trying to live by that. Like, okay, if I'm going to sit here and consume on my phone all day, then yeah, I'm probably going to feel like shit about myself later. Like, let's not do that. Failure is such a strong emotion. And I, even in this Think and Grow Rich book, the end of the book talked about the 11 biggest weaknesses that any person faces or whatever mm-hmm. fail the fear of failure was the strongest weakness the most not strongest weakness that feels like wrong but I think you know what I'm saying like it's the most dangerous weakness the fear of failure because it is really it'll stop you from trying anything so yeah yeah absolutely powerful way to end I know wow, this wow. is great what a way to come back <laughs> yes I'm so glad we waited from I last know, week me too This is much better. Yes, always. (laughs) You guys know the drill. Like or subscribe wherever you are watching. And we'll see you next week, hopefully. (laughs)